0: Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlu.org. All right, let me start by asking you a question. I want to ask you a question today, and here's the question What is your approach to God? What is your approach to God? When it comes to God and when it comes to your relationship with God, what, what is your approach towards Him? Another way uh, to ask this question is, is how do you pursue godliness? When it comes to to how you interact with God, when it comes to your relationship with God, how, how do you pursue godliness? Well, there's really two types of people in this room, okay? There's one type of person in this room that you've said yes to God, and you are pursuing a relationship with God, and then maybe there's another type of person in this room where you are considering a relationship with God, which is why you're here. Or you just really like the friend that brought you and you thought, I don't even like church, but I'm going to come. I'm assuming maybe you're somewhere in the middle of that. And, and, And today, really, I want you to know we've created this whole service with you in mind. We've created this service with you in mind if you don't have a relationship with God to walk out of here with a relationship with God. God desires nothing more than to be in relationship with you. You'll never live a life that is good. You'll never have a good Life. You may have some good things in life, but you'll never really live the good life that God has for you, a life that is fully alive until you enter into relationship with him. But here's what I found. I found that many people don't enter into relationship with God because they've seen people in relationship with God and they don't really like them. Because for whatever reason, some of us, and I'm not saying all of us, and I'm not attacking anybody in here, okay? But sometimes, if we're not careful, our relationship with God can turn into a little less relationship and a little more religion. And that's been happening since the beginning of time, all right? I mean, you can just go back. Uh, to the Old Testament, the New Testament. I mean, look at the New Testament. There's a group of people called the Pharisees, right? That they were really focused on the religious duties and the religious things and, and not as much out of the heart things, the relationship with God. And what I found is over time, there's a bent in all of us. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bent in all of us to kind of, to, to kind of wrestle with this tug of war, this tension yeah. uh, is a good way to put it. This tension that we all have to, to, to be in relationship with God and, 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 and for, our, for our walk with God being about truly knowing God. And then over here, um, this other side that wants to tug us that says your relationship with God is really about what you do or don't do and works and all of this stuff. And if you do this, God likes you. And if you don't do this, God doesn't like you. And, you know, on and on and on. And, and that's not a great way to live. But again, this is not new. This approach to God that we all fight, this, this, this really two different gospels, one gospel that says God loves you, he's full of grace for you, he wants relationship with you, then this other gospel that says you got to do more, you got to earn God's love, you got to do, the, you know, there's, there's been this tug of war since the beginning uh, of really time, since the very first book of the Bible. You know, even the Apostle Paul spoke to this as he, as he reached out to the church, the church in Galatia, and he was communicating to them and talking to them. He says this in, in the first chapter of Galatians. He said, I am astonished. I just imagine Paul, okay, coming in, talking to the church. That's who he's talking to. And he says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who has called you by the grace of Christ. In other words, there is a gospel that was given to you, the gospel of grace, but I'm astonished how many of you guys are deserting that. And he says, and, and, and turning to a different gospel. A different gospel? Yeah, two different gospels here the gospel of grace, and then this different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion, trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. What, what's going on here? Well, there's two different types of people. There's the Jews and the Gentiles here, and Paul is communicating to them. And and there's this group of Jewish people that uh, customary actually dates all the way back to the Old Testament, that on the eighth day uh, of living, the Jews would be circumcised, okay? It was a important part of their their culture and 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 their 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 love for god and what they needed to do and they would be circumcised on eight days because it's a whole lot easier on eight days than it probably is on 30 days and here the jews are and they're saying hey this is what you have to do to kind of be in relationship with god this is really important and here they are and they're looking at this group of gentiles and they're saying hey it is jesus yes relationship with him but it's jesus plus circumcision i just want you to imagine that being our new members class it would only be women, right? <laughs> hey, yo, oh, I know you love Jesus, but it's Jesus plus this. As a 30-year-old, a 40-year-old, that would be pretty difficult, okay? You're like, what is circumcision? I don't know. Ask your parents if you're a teenager in this room, okay? <laughs> they'll, they'll tell you, and here's what's going on. In essence, I know it's kind of like, oh, that's a little crude or whatever, but here's what's going on, okay? The Jews are looking at the Gentiles, and they're saying, hey, it's Jesus plus something. If it's Jesus plus this, okay, you're good. And that's not the gospel. Right, yeah. The gospel is Jesus plus nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Jesus plus zero equals Jesus, okay? And so that's what Paul is describing here, saying there's, there's these two approaches. There's these two ways people are wrestling with, with godliness and, and how they approach God. There's one that is just Jesus is everything, then there's this other one that it's Jesus and do a bunch of stuff and, and they'll love you. But that is not true, but that has been the fight for our souls since the beginning of time. And I want to look at a, it's kind of a heady, honestly, a heady uh, chapter, and I want to teach you some theology this morning and then kind of put the cookies on the bottom shelf afterwards because it can be a story that on the surface we all know, um, but it actually has a lot of really deep meaning to it. And so we'll, we'll, we'll track. But, but the reason why I want to teach you this, because I think it's a very foundational part of who we are as a church. In fact, we talked about small groups. In the fall, we're going to launch a a type of small group here at church uh, that we call a freedom ministry, okay, or or our life groups, living in freedom every day. And it's something that that we've been doing as a church for many years. And I would say it's really the secret sauce to our church. The secret sauce to our church really is this small group that, I don't know, it's not like the Navy SEAL leaders of small groups, but it's like the people that get in these groups, they're like, they get in with God. I mean, it's just they go to another level. And so we want to start this because all of us, all of us, there is areas in our life where we need freedom. Right. That, that we all have past hurts and hang-ups and, and, and things in our life that have affected us, and, and, and we can't live with those. Yeah. And so we have these groups called freedom groups that, that are so, uh, so vital to our church that we're going to start in the fall. And, in fact, we've been uh, developing leaders this semester to lead them in the fall. And so some of our leaders just actually went to our conference. Uh, it's, it's a 13-week curriculum that ends in a conference. They just went to our conferences in Virginia and had an incredible time. And so they have been they have been really committing to launching this thing in the fall so you could get some freedom in your life in some areas that you may not even know. You may think, I don't even think I need freedom. You'd be surprised. We all have areas in our life that we just, we struggle with. And so there is a foundational teaching that we teach in our freedom ministry that I think is so important because this foundational teaching is the foundation to how we approach God. And so I want to teach really what is chapter one in our freedom ministry, and so it almost gives you a little taste of what's to come when we launch those in the fall, but it's the backbone really of who we are as a church and what we do when it comes to how we approach God. And so the book of Genesis, if you go all the way back, Genesis, the second chapter, uh, let me read this story for you here. It says, "Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden. Okay, Garden of Eden. Everybody probably knows where we're going here. You've seen it in kids' books. And there was, uh, or and there he put man that he had formed. And so he planted a garden in Eden. He formed man, put him there. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the garden and out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. Next verse. And in the middle of the garden." There was two trees. There was the tree of life and there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Some of you, you've read the children's story and you think there's just one tree and there's Eve and she's wrapped around with really long hair biting an apple. We don't read that here. I don't know if it was an apple and there's also more than one tree here. Two trees, the tree of life And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Next verse. Maybe. And the Lord commanded man, You are free to eat of any tree in the garden, but you must not eat. You must not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For if you eat of that tree, what will happen? You will surely die. Now, if you know the story, you know that ultimately they do eat of the tree, but they don't die a physical death, but they do die. There is something that dies, and I would say the same is true of us, that we all have a choice, life and death, and each day it's set before us. And there is one tree that brings us a good life, a fully alive life, and there is one tree that may not cause a physical death, but it does cause things to die in your life. It can cause marriages to die. It can cause relationships to die. It can cause issues in your life to die. And there is a serpent in the garden that that, that really wants to, to cause division. That wants to cause this division between these two trees. And the serpent is very crafty. The serpent is the devil. It is Satan. And he is just as crafty now as he ever was. And it says the serpent was more crafty than any other animal the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman this. He said, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? I think the same thing happens to us when the enemy comes to us oftentimes. There's always this, did God really say? He tried the same thing with Jesus. Is it really written? Is that really true? If you do, don't worry. Will God not? Okay, this author of confusion... This, this author of, I don't know if you should believe God, did God really say you shouldn't eat of that? And the woman said to the certain, we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say this, you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden for if you eat it or you must not touch it, you will, you will die. And then he goes on to say, you surely will not die. The serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Hold on before you go to the next scripture here. I want you to see this. I want you to see that the enemy doesn't appeal to her desire to sin. He actually appeals to her desire to please God. Wow, that's good. He appeals to her, 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 her pursuit her approach to God. For God knows that if you eat of it your eyes will be open and you will be you'll be like God. Yeah. The enemy always has a way of trying to trick yeah. us. Yeah. Did God really say, can you really believe? He said you'll be like God and you'll know good from evil. Next verse of scripture here. And when the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took it and she ate it. She took it and she ate it and she took, uh, or sorry, and she also gave some of it to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And the next verse says this, and then their eyes, both of them were open and they realized they were naked. They realized they were naked. They sewed figs leaves together and they made coverings for themselves. They made coverings for themselves. Two things that It always happens when the enemy wants to enter into the picture and trip us up and and take us into a path ultimately of sin. It's this opening of our eyes and shame. There's nothing more that the enemy wants to put on you than for you to feel shame. And that's what he does in this moment. And for the first time ever, there is this shame. There is this hiding. If you know the story, you know that they actually go and they kind of hide from God. Well, that's not how God created them. God didn't create him with shame. He created him with relationship. And so sin enters the world, and ultimately that's why we know that Jesus has to come. He has to come later to restore right relationship, to get us right with God. And so shame enters the world, and from that point on, I really think that there has been this approach to God, one that is full of grace, full of relationship, and another one that really is shame, condemnation trying to make you to hide please god two trees this is really deep i know and so let me let me show you some truths that are found in the rest of scripture that i think kind of set up these two different trees and give you some meaning of kind of what they mean and the same thing that that paul is talking about to the church in galatians also what's being presented here if you read your last chapter of the bible it kind of circles back around to it as well and so two trees two different approaches to godliness two different approaches to God. And so let me give you three things here that I think these kind of these represent. And then let me show you how I think ultimately you can live in, in the tree of life. One tree focuses on on this. And so I think one tree focuses on what you do. One tree really focuses the tree of knowledge of good and evil. This this different gospel, in other words, that that Paul is describing. It focuses on performing. It focuses on, on, on what you do. And the other tree, I believe, is this. It focuses on what Jesus has already done. One focuses on what you do, what you can accomplish, and one focuses on what Jesus has already done. See, isn't it true that there's this constant tug of war in all of us that, that thinks, uh, I need to read more. I need to, I need to pray more. I need, I need to do more. And if I do, then God will like me more. If I do, then I'll be a better Christian. And 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 honestly, this plays itself out in so many ways in our life. It plays itself out amongst religion that that really wants to wants to stop us from having a great relationship with God. We've all met people. Uh, here's a better way to, to say it, maybe. We've all met people, right? That that you know, they have this heady knowledge of God, and it's like they're better than you, and I do this, and I've read that, and I've done this much, and I know this much scripture, and so so obviously, I because I do, I'm, I'm more. I'm better. I've, I've accomplished more. God God loves me more. It makes me a better Christian, and, and it's all about performing, performing, performing. The more I perform, the more I do, and there's another tree that we can swing over into, the correct tree, and, and that's the thing. We're always swinging between these two trees, and today, I want you to to ask yourself: What tree am I finding myself in today? Am I am I living in a tree of life, a tree of relationship, a right gospel? Am I swinging over here? That's it's all about performance based ministry, and this is something that even Jesus spoke. To the Pharisees about right because there's this one group that's it's all about religion and what you do and I study the scriptures more than you and anybody ever met people like that yeah. you should know how much I study the scriptures and how much I know and because I know all this I promise you I'm better than you I promise you God likes yeah. me more than you nobody's smiling yeah. nobody's shaking your head but you know it's all true yeah. in fact maybe you've thought that yourself Oh, I do so much more than the other, and so, so I'm better than them. If only they could do it at my level. The other, the other is a simplistic gospel that focuses on what Jesus has done. Even Jesus spoke to this in John chapter, chapter 5, verse 39. He says this to the Pharisees. He said, you diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. It's great to study the scriptures. It's great to know all that. I'm not saying you shouldn't. You should study the scriptures. You should open your Bible. But he said, these are the scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me and have life. See, it's only through coming to Jesus that we have life. And he's saying, you know a lot about, you know, the God of the Bible. You know a lot of scriptures, but you don't really know the God of the Bible. You don't really have relationship with me. You may know the Bible, but you don't know the God of the Bible. You don't know that. And so one focuses here on what you do, and the other focuses on what Jesus has already done. Jesus has already paid the debt. Jesus has has, has paid the debt for our sins, and he has done it. He's done it, he's done it, he's done it all. There's another way you can look at these two trees here, and one really focuses on on getting God's approval. Anybody ever been there? I think one focuses on getting God's approval, meaning you have to earn his favor, and the other focuses on this, just receiving God's love. You know, Gallup, I don't know if you've ever heard of Gallup. Gallup is an organization that studies uh, things across uh, the U.S. And Gallup did a study, and they, they found this very prominent view, especially of, of people in the South, okay? And if you look on the map, we're still technically in the South. We're right at the top. So you go to Indiana, I guess you're, you're a northerner now, but um, unless you're Kentucky, Anna, you in the South still. Um, but anyways, uh, especially in the South, they found this as Gallup polled Christians. They said that the primary thought of Christians in the South was that God was mad at them. Wow. The primary way they viewed God. The primary way they saw God was through a filter that God was mad at them. That, that they served a God that they had to get his approval. I grew up this way. I grew up in a church that if, if I didn't do this, act this way, say this, do that. Okay. That, that, that God didn't like me. If I cut my hair, if I didn't do this, if I wore that, if I you know, maybe for some of you you grew up in that that context where where there was all these things that 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 if I did it, God liked me, if I didn't do it, God didn't like me, and it's like that we're in this relationship with God, where anybody ever seen the whole rose petal thing you know the 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 man or girl you know thinking about their significant other thinking he loves me, he loves me not she loves me, she loves me not if i and, and, and there's 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 two approaches. Yeah. There, there's this approach that's just focused on getting God's approval, and then there's this this approach that's focused on receiving God's love. Yeah. And, and, and God doesn't want you to live a life that's all about receiving, you know, or or, or trying to get His approval, but rather receiving His love. You know, I don't know uh, how you think of God, but. I think, you know, sometimes I, I thought of God as this like, I don't know, this guy in the sky that sat on a chair and, you know, he had a scepter and he was just waiting to zap me, you know? In fact, there used to be these kind of tracks that anybody ever know, you, you know what a track is? Track were something that we pass out to people to, to enter into a relationship with God. They're really good things that you'd give them to, to unbelievers and, and these tracks by a guy named Chick Hicks uh, it was a really popular track, it would show God kind of as this faceless person sitting in a chair up in the sky. And, and you just saw God as this emotionalist, faceless kind of, you know, wizard of Oz, you know. Uh. But that's not the God I serve. When, when you read about Jesus, you, you, you see, you see a, a, a savior that loved to laugh, that loved to have fun. I love to be around people and communion and share meals together and, and talk and, and enjoy life. And so, so what's your approach to God? There's one that's constantly a, this approach of, does he love me today? Does he, does he love me? Does he love me not? And there's another one that every day we wake up and we just receive the love of God. Yeah. We start from a place of he loves me. Today. Even in my sin, he loves me. Even though I've been trying to stop looking at porn, he loves me. Even though I've been trying to put down the bottle, he loves me. Even though I did that thing last night that I thought I'd never do, he still loves me. Even though I don't have it all together, he still loves me. God loves you. That doesn't mean he loves your sin, but he loves you in your sin still. Just because, you know, he doesn't want you to stay there. He doesn't want you to continue to live a life of sin it is grace and truth there's a story about a woman caught in adultery beautiful story he looks at her and says hey i'm not gonna i'm not gonna condemn you no no i'm gonna show you some grace i show you some grace but also go and leave this life of sin as well it's it's receive my love i don't want you to stay in your sin but you got to know i love you See, we will live life in the wrong tree, and our approach to God will get so out of whack if we're not careful, if we live this, you know, constant state of, I need to earn God's approval today. No, he loves you no matter what you do, no matter what you've done. He loves you. He loves you. It's Jesus plus nothing. He just, he loves you. And please don't hear my heart. I'm not saying today that that you shouldn't live a life of integrity and a life where you're, you're adamantly opposed to sin. You shouldn't open up your Bible. No, you should do all those things. But the foundation of it has to be from a place where you know that God loves me no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's so good. No matter what. Favorite verse in the Bible, Romans 5.8, says this. It says, but God demonstrated his own love for us while we were still sinners. Still sinners, Christ died for us. While they were nailing him to the cross, yeah. he loved them. While they were beating him, he loved them. Yeah. Yeah. Good. You don't have to get your act together to get God. That's right, that's Just get God. I promise he'll help you get your act together. Right. He'll help you straighten up. He'll help you live a better life. But you got to start first. See, that's, that's the problem, right? If we're not careful, we'll think once I get my life right, then I'll go to God. You'll never get your life right on your own. Go to God, receive his love, and see if it doesn't help you get your life right. Because we can love God ultimately, truly. We can really love God, First John four nineteen. when we realize he first loved us. He first loved us. When you understand that, that is the place in which you can say, man, I, I love you, God, because I understand how much you love me. The third is this uh, you you can focus on external duty or you can focus on internal desire. See one focuses on, on rules, right? I got to serve, I got to I got to give, I got to, you know, I got to join the dream team, I, I got to do this, I got to do that. I I I'm supposed to oh they want me to raise my hands again, I got to worship, you know. I got to. That's not the tree of life. The tree of life isn't walking in here saying, I got to do this. I got to give. I got to serve. I got to, you know, not do this sin or not do this. No, I I get to. See, one focus is on an eternal desire. See, when I was down here worshiping a minute ago, I wasn't worshiping because I'm the pastor and I'm supposed to. And, you know, I'm thinking if I don't worship, nobody will worship. No, I'm worshiping because I love them. I'm worshiping because I woke up this morning. I said, thank you, God, for breath in my lungs. Thank you, God, that I'm alive. Thank you, God, I got a great... You know, family. Thank you, God, for a great church. I, I just, I love you today, and so I worship them from a place of, not I have to, but from a place of I get to. There's this internal desire in me to serve God with all my life. There's this eternal desire for me to open up His book. There's an eternal desire. I want to meet Him in worship. I want to meet Him in prayer. I don't want to do it just because I have to, and that's the Christian thing to do, and if I don't, He won't. He won't like me, and I won't get His, I want to do it because i, I, I want to. Yeah. Come on, that's so good. But until you really receive the love of God, you'll live a life that's focused on external things. You got to have the right approach to God. And it starts with an internal desire. It says, God, no, I want to do this because I, I want to, because I, I get to. So let me give you some insider language here that you'll learn in freedom ministry when we launch those in the fall, and, it, and it's this. It's kind of some code language. We try to stay away from insider language, but, but it's this. What tree are you eating from? Yeah. Yeah. Are you eating from the tree of life? You're eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And here's the deal. I want our church to be living in the right tree, yeah. the tree of life, the tree of relationship, where there's no shame, there's no condemnation. Yeah. There's no hiding from God because you think God is mad at you. God loves you. And so how do you live in the tree of life? Three things really quickly. Number one is this. I think you just fall in love with Jesus. You fall in love with Jesus. That's the place you have to start. Listen, if you don't fall in love with Jesus, all this stuff really is hard. It really is, but when you fall in love with jesus it 's not because you think I love him yeah. Two ways I think you you fall in love with Jesus, and it 's this you have to you have to you have to know who he is and you have to know what he 's done i th- I think falling in love with Jesus starts with this you understanding who he is he 's the god of the universe, he created me, he formed me before there was Even a you, God had a plan for you. He loves you. He knows all the hairs on your head. They're all numbered. Who he is, he's the one that breathed life and this whole thing was formed. That's who he is. And what has he done for you? Well, while you were a sinner, he died for you. Before you even thought about him, he was thinking about you. He loves you. God loves you when you think about who he is, when you think about what he's done, it'll help you fall in love with Jesus. Yeah. See, 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 if not, you'll, you'll live from this wrong tree. And I wanna show you a scripture that really shows you both trees in a powerful way. John 14, 15, it says this. I want you to see these two trees. And, and, and it's the first one, well, well, let me just read it to you. It says this, if you love me, comma, you'll obey what I command. There's two ways you can read this scripture, honestly. The the first is, is this, and this is what the tree of the knowledge of good and evil would say. It says, if you love me, you'll do what I command. Do what I say. If you love me. Tree of knowledge of good and evil. Perform. Let me read it another way. Tree of life. If you love me, there's a comma there. Pause. If you love me, you'll obey what I command. Not do what I command if you love me. No. If you love me, if you fall in love with me, you'll do what I command. Yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll be okay. Yeah. You, you, you'll get this. See, if I think about my marriage, right? What's the Bible say? And, and you can play a little bit, Chris. Um, what's the Bible say, right? Thou shalt not commit adultery, right? Command. Okay, so I think, I think about that and I, I think, okay. Imagine if I woke up every day thinking, if I love my wife, I won't commit adultery today. Okay, all day long, it's about not committing adultery. Don't look at her, don't do that, don't think that. No. No, I love her. So I'm not going to commit adultery. I love her. I'm not waking up thinking about not doing it. Because I love her. See, if I love her, I'll do the right thing. I don't have to wake up thinking about it. I love her. You you, you see the two ways to look at it here? Do what I command. Prove you love me. No, fall in love with me fall in love with me and these other things that have been a push and a struggle for you it'll get a whole lot easier are you struggling opening up your word are you struggling praying are you struggling living a holy lifestyle are you struggling you know beating that sin getting rid of that temptation in your life fall in love with Jesus You fall in love with Jesus, an amazing thing will happen. You won't want to do those things. Number two is this, if you're going to live in the tree of life, four minutes here. Don't allow condemnation into your life. You know, the wrong tree is condemnation. It's the one that says you're a bum. When you mess up, God doesn't like you. You're a loser. Can't believe you've done that. The other tree. It, it it's a tree of of not condemnation but conviction. Tree of life says says hey let me help help you out of that. Yeah. See condemnation says you're a bum can't believe you've done that. Tree of life says hey. I know I know you've messed up. There's a way out. It's me. Let me help you. Come on. That's conviction. Come on conviction is I'm the way out. Fall in love with me. I'll get you out of this mess. I'll get you out of this sin. I'll get you out of this thing you don't want to do. Tree of life. Romans 8, 1 through 2 says this, there is no, there is no, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, those living in the tree of life, they don't have to run and hide they don't have to be full of shame they don't have to think well God doesn't like me because I ate of that and I done that, I made that mistake and so I gotta run, I gotta hide myself I gotta put there's no condemnation in those who love Christ those that are in Christ have given their lives to him no, Jesus, okay the law of the spirit gives life and sets you free From the law of sin and death, tree of life, grace and truth. No condemnation, but don't live that way anymore. I am the way out. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life, Jesus would say. Just just come walk with me. My burden is easy. My yoke is light. I'll help you out of that mess. And then lastly is this. Fall in love with Jesus. Jesus. Don't allow condemnation. And then every day, make the choice. Make what choice? Which tree are you going to live in? You got to guard your heart from swinging between the two and say, Today, I'm choosing life. And so the question is this What am I going to do to be godly? What am I going to do to be godly? What will be my approach to God? One last scripture that I think answers that question, and it's this. It says, this day I call heaven and earth as witness against you, that I've set before you today a choice between two gospels, two trees, two approaches. One is life, and one is death. One is blessings, one is curses. Today, today, choose life. And so, church, the choice is yours every day. What tree will you live from? Will you approach God through the the lens of relationship? Or will you approach God through the filter of religion? Try harder. Do more. You're not enough. God's mad at you. No. God loves you. He formed you. There's nothing you can do that can separate you from him. He has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. And so would you bow your heads? Close your eyes all across this room. Simple question today. What tree have you been living from? Has your struggle with God been you feel like you're constantly having to prove him and get his approval? I would say if you've been struggling with that, if you feel like you walked in here and You messed up this weekend. You messed up this last month. You feel like everything's going wrong in life. Can I just let you know today you don't have to live in that tree, that approach, that different gospel. No, today you can live in the tree of life. You can live in his grace. You can live in an understanding of while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. That God loves you. He doesn't love your sin, but He loves you in your sin. He will never leave you. He will never walk out on you. You're His son, you're His daughter. Maybe you're in here today and you're thinking, you know what? I never really understood that about God. I felt like I had to earn God's approval. I felt like I had to get good and then I can get God. And you've felt like you've never been good enough. That's okay. None of us are. Today, if you've walked in and you felt like, you know what, I've just, I've never been good enough to get God. But maybe for the first time you've realized, no, I'll, I'll get God and he'll help me get good. And you're ready to just enter into relationship with him, not religion. I want to give you an opportunity to enter into relationship with him, to say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I receive you. The free gift of salvation. The free gift. That's you in this room and you've been kind of running from God, thinking you weren't good enough, but today you're ready just to receive him. Receive his love and live a good life. The fully alive life that God has for you. I want to ask with nobody looking around, make this a private moment. If today you're ready to receive God's love and it be a foundational thing in your life, that allows you to live a right life and a right approach to God. I wanna ask if that's you, that you just slip up a hand all across this room. If today you're ready to just receive the love of God, would you just slip up a hand right now? Thank you so much. Thank you for the courage to raise that hand, I see it. Anybody else in the room today, you're ready to just enter into relationship with him. You can put your hands down. Thank you so much. Would you pray this with me in your heart if you just raised your hand? Would you just say, Jesus, today I give you all of me for all of you. I receive your love. Today I realize it's not about just what I do other than just coming to you. It's about what you've done. You died for me on a cross and I receive that today. Today put a desire in my heart. An internal desire that that wants to please you out of love, not out of obligation. May there be a delight in us. Father, I pray that for our whole church, actually. That there would be a delight in us to serve you. That we we would live from a place of we get to. We get to read your word. We get to pray. We get to spend time with you. We get to serve. We get to give. We get to do that, and God, as we do that, may you lead us into a good life, a life that is fully alive, because we're living from a place where today and each and every day we choose life in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to the life Point Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text L-C-L-O-U to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.